Welcome to the AI Assisted Organization podcast with your host, myself, Piers Lilly, and Dr. Alok Shukla. Morning, Alok. Morning, Piers. How are you? So, you, you did an event in Lisbon. Let's talk us through that. Yeah, it was really good. As, um, on Thursday and Friday, there was the Data Science Portugal Association uh, Conference, Annual Insights. And it was really interesting because they were talking about um, all sorts of industry demonstrations of AI, ranging from insurance to banking and business and I was presenting on the role within education and also implementation in small businesses. It was very interesting. So many people who've been applying data science for a long time and obviously are now integrating AI within it. And um, yeah, there's good ideas, lots of good ideas from there. Okay. So the last two episodes, we did a series of two podcasts where we were talking about implementing AI in a small, medium-sized business. We kind of did a kind of overview really. So we want to drill down into whole process. This kind of applies today to SMEs or even large enterprises. So we're going to focus today on, you know, usual some AI news, some really interesting stuff, some big news actually this week, which is worth hanging on to listen to. And then we're going to focus on, and, and don't, eyes may glaze over, but policy and governance, right? So this is actually really important. And um, we have a sort of a framework and a structure. We guide a lot of our clients on implementing policy and a framework and governance. And this is the first step in any journey into implementing AI into your business. We've got some implement AI updates and then we'll finish off on the deep dive and we'll talk about AI of the week. So there's been some uh, developments there too. So AI news, really big news this week um, related to AI for business. And one is that um, one is, is kind of related is OpenAI and um, Google now in this race to launch the first multimodal large language model. Now, large language models so far have been very text-based, text-focused. But now they're trying to bring out models which are a bit like human-centered. They've got more ways of yeah. connecting with the world. So what they're really focusing on now is, as you think about the senses, you know, your hearing, vision, touch, text, speech, and most of them in text. But now they're looking at sort of um, vision as well. So Google Gemini, they we talked about it last week. They're trying to launch, and OpenAI is in a massive race to try and beat them to the punch. No, no, totally. And and I think the key thing here is like AI is becoming much more conversational. We're going to touch on them with the AI of the week, one of the bigger kind of releases, which is kind of like going down that way. But yeah, the the pace of improvement is is rapid. And Google and Microsoft or slash OpenAI, they're in an existential race now because whoever basically gets the companies to start using and get used to their system because people really just want to get used to like one main system they're then going to start the 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 race of compounding so absolutely i, I can't wait to see what gemini comes out with and um, yeah with the release of open ai as well and then moving on so another one is we, we talked about this quite a lot we've kind of touched upon it is the the potential of things like um, alexa these are sort of you know, speech um device led devices really you know the google devices with amazon now being catching up and they're starting now to make some announcements about alexa so basically a large language model kind of chat gpt capability it's coming to Alexa. It's coming to Fire TV as well. Um, so the whole Amazon stack, really, you're going to see the technology rolled out. If you think about the distribution, you know, Alexa was a bit of a, you know, it's meant to sort of change the way we interact with technology, change the way we buy or change the way we interact with Amazon, actually. And that hasn't really happened. You may see now this happens. And the, the head of Amazon's calling this the new LLM-driven Alexa super agent. The idea is it's going to enhance user experiences by offering a much more conversational approach to talking to this technology. So body, even body language, the eye contact, gestures as well. And you're going to see this rolled out across the whole stack. You're going to see Google do the same quite quickly. 
Yeah, the interesting thing about Alexa is that they got so much distribution, not just within homes, but they also had integrated in many appliances. And I think that was like leading the kind of charge where they were hoping that people would talk to their fridge and say, please order this or please order that. But now, obviously, with some of these systems, we've already got cameras as well. It can, it can actually auto detect what's in, inside your fridge and then also recommend what you need to go with. And then the, the Fire devices or the Alexa devices with a screen, they can also then see what you're up to and then also guide based off that. So I think there's going to be some very interesting use cases and Amazon are the retail juggernaut and they're going to figure out how to maximize this basically. And they're saying that the new um, LLM may be more opinionated. Whether I want an opinionated fridge uh, remains to be seen. We shall see. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because we talked to a lot of clients in the last week two clients to be precise, and they've all been kind of waiting or talking about their Microsoft Copilot. I think, you know, what's going to happen? What, what will this capability be? What does it mean for us? Do we start on the journey or wait for that? Well, the big news is, is that Microsoft Copilot is coming in November. Same for enterprise. I'm not sure how, what that actually means in terms of the definition, yeah. which businesses are going to be available to. You're going to see it in the cross operating system. So you're going to have a a co-pilot driven Windows 11 rating system. You're going to see the Microsoft 365, which is the biggie. If you go online and look at, you know, go to Satya Nadella, uh, he's the CEO of Microsoft, look at his sort of X feed, and you'll see their video of some examples of how it's going to work. You're going to see Roldair Bing, Edge the browser as well. And it's going to offer contextual assistance based on what you're doing, web data, what your work, um, your history. So example, it will know We'll know how you write emails. We'll know your tone of voice. So when you ask it to write an email or draft an email, it should read as if you drafted it in the first place and not an AI. So they're rolling it out first part of Windows 11 in September. Actually, some next week, I think it is, or the end of this week. And then in November, they're going to roll it out across the whole SD Microsoft and 365. And this is huge, isn't it, Alor? Because this is where everyone in the organization now is going to be faced with a prompt. And then you are interacting with artificial intelligence yeah even though it's embedded into these products yeah i think this is basically like the moment where like anyone has the ability to like just turn it on within their company and many companies will turn it on and the thing is this is where like our subject of today are policies framework governance has been never more important than ever because we we talked last week how you know using ai in a moderate way you can get a 25 percent faster task completion 40 percent higher quality you're gonna to have to redesign and re calibrate all of your productivity, all of your workflows, all your expectations, because things are going to be able to be hospitalized much faster as long as the right training is in place. I think this is the kind of key thing. It's ensuring that like the technology capabilities are far exceeding people's awareness right now. And I think that's the big issue right now. There has to be a closing of the gap between what's possible and people's expectations of how to use the technology and then matching the technology as well. But honestly, like the capabilities that are like flying out almost every week, every month are just astronomical. And um, it's going to be very exciting. And probably this announcement is probably hurried up because of um, Google Duet is being rolled out across um, the Google uh, productivity yeah. suite as well. Well, this is immense. So, you know, try and go and have a look at the, if you can, go and have a look at the demo. And it is really powerful. As Alok said, number one is training is really important because essentially everyone's going to have this. If you're willing to pay, yeah, I think it's going to be £18 a month additional. If you're willing to pay that, everyone's going to have it. Just like, you know, spell check. The question then is, how do you differentiate? So one is training. People know how to use it. But the key is, is that as this is rolled out across your organization, you're going to make sure the policy framework in place, which brings us nearly on to the, the theme this week. So 
we have a, a process, the AI assisted organization, go and read our um, white paper. And the first part of that is policy, a policy framework, governance framework. And this is not just in big companies. Obviously, a lot of our larger clients, some are 500 employees. This is actually quite important. And we've been through a process with them of embedding AI policy into their current policies, or in some cases, creating entirely new one and trying to work out how these things fit together because this pervades your whole business. And if you don't have a policy in place, it means that your organization, your co-workers, senior leadership, they don't really know how your, your your workforce, your colleagues are interacting with this technology. They understand where it's being used, how it's being used, how you're using customer data, you're applying with laws and regulations, especially if you're a regulated business. So it's really important everybody understands also what the plan is. How is this going to roll out over time? Because this is not something you just, you know, you, you sort of implement and then walk away, fire and forget. This is, we all say, this is a, it's a process, it's a journey, it's not a destination. So in the last two episodes, we talked about implementing AI in a small, medium-sized business. This applies to any business, but it's really important to start here. So the need, again, is there are challenges and risks with implementing artificial intelligence. Policy does is provide the four corners of the box. And then what the governance does, this is made the simplest form, a committee, call it what you want, an AI committee, AI ethics committee. That forum is where you have a forum, cross-functional forum across your whole business, where you get to discuss policy and how it interacts with the business. Yeah, totally. And, and like you said, the most important thing is the strategy that comes first. Like, you know, where are you going with this? How is your transformation with AI going to be? Uh, because it is that transformation over time to be that AI assisted organization. And then once you know the strategy that, okay, we want to grow revenue, we want to keep employee numbers about the same, we want to create better jobs for people, we want to automate the mundane, we want to be more profitable. If you've got your game plan about where you're trying to go to, then you know that strategically you need to capture all data. You cannot be leaking data anymore. So you know that strategically that like, I can't be leaking data. I've got to be capturing that data. I've got to have systems and mechanisms where I can get a return on that data to uncover new insights. And then that's the exactly where the policy and the framework comes in because it allows you to do those things. And it also helps you guide your team on where you want to go with those things. Because I think the two things come hand in hand. You can't start implementing without having a clear policy and strategy. And you can't have a clear policy and strategy, but then not have the systems that you're putting in place, basically. Yeah, so it gives you a roadmap, doesn't it? A roadmap to ensure that your business is aligned with the, the, the technology, but also ethically as well. And one of the issues with yeah. mentioned some research um, last week, I think it was by Andres Horowitz, about companies using technology AI and their sort of human resource. Often it's a fight. It's seen as sort of competitive and doesn't need to be the case. So that kind of fear, uncertainty and doubt that you often see in organizations as you roll out a new technology, but how does it affect me? How does it affect my job? In most cases, you are scaling up your colleagues. You are leveling people up. It's powerful. We need to understand as an organization and spell out in that roadmap how it's going to be rolled out and how it affects everybody. And as Alan was saying, this can, might affect compensation plans. You know, If people are being compensated based on productivity, you're going to have to think again about how you compensate that, or at least how you measure that and what the benchmarks are, what the targets are. Exactly. Because like all tasks are going to have to be done with AI pretty much, right? To increase the quality and the repeatability of those tasks. And then the question is then going to be like, okay, if you're choosing not to use AI because it's your personal choice or whatever like that, it still has to be consistent and to the productivity of someone using AI basically, right? Because the company cannot step behind or fall behind, right? And, and I think the key thing here is like, you need to have like a very clear driven agenda about how it's going to go because any new technology that comes into the world, I was listening to a very interesting podcast that was talking about like the first stage is like moral panic where people basically trying, you know, 
talk down the technology. They try and like you know name call. They try and like you know say how issues going to happen. And they were even talking about how when the bicycle was invented, there was this whole theory about like it creates bicycle face basically, which would if you know if women can cycle from village to village and things like this, you know it exposes whole new things. And they were trying to like put people down on the bicycle. So with AI, you're going to have a lot of uncertainty with your organization. And having the framework, the policy, the governance gives that clarity and that transparency to your organization. But you can also say strategically, we want to be a fit organization, technology first organization. So we're going to be using you know. AI tools for all of our different processes, and we need to all get on board with what that means and how we could all win from that, basically. So, one of the things in your in your policy, you've got the kind of the, the kind of overall framework. You're going to talk about ethics, so ethical AI, especially large organisations, is quite important. This fits into your your sort of ESG strategy as well, potentially, and also how you recruit people because you're going to be asked these questions, and people are going to want to know what extent are you going to enable me to superpower myself, scale myself up using artificial intelligence if I come and work for you. And you need to have an answer, and also it's about fairness, accountability. And in some cases, even you know, human rights, depending how large your organization is. Second thing to think about is, a, and this is the big one, is data handling and privacy. So where is the data? This is one of the beauties of things like you know, Microsoft Copilot is built into it, is that kind of compartmentalization of data emissions based on who you are, what you can normally see in an organization. That would also be the same through the Microsoft stack as well. I think, I think Google's the same. But if you're you know, in the UK, you've got, you got GDPR, going to make sure that your customer data and your corporate data is where it should be and is protected and that your employees using this technology are not leaking into the outside world or you know firing off documents that have been uh, created by an AI without actually reading them first. Exactly. So there's always going to be the responsibility still going to lie with a person within each part of the organization, even though they're using technology. But at the same time, also, they'll need to potentially be an updating of the policy for your customers. Because it's like if you're using your data insights to uncover and suggest and recommend new products and services, and most people have quite a broad um, recommendation within their privacy policy and, and, and different things like this. But you might need to update it because there are so many, in, so many new insights that are possible. And it's just a question of just making sure that the customers know what's possible. And at the same time, your company employees know how to handle it, what's allowed, what's not allowed. You need to have like systems like, okay, for analytics, we're going to do it this way. For content creation, we're going to do it this way. You have to like start spelling out in a more granular way. What do we accept? What are our rules for processing? And how do we do things here, basically? Because if you don't specify how you do things here, do not be surprised if your stuff starts getting used all over the place on initiative, basically. Yeah. And um, you know, one is we, talk, we work quite a few regulated businesses as well. So you need to make sure that you know, there is a, a paper trail, there's an audit trail that people understand their obligations haven't and their, their responsibilities haven't changed because they no longer potentially feel as though they're the people producing that content. Um, you know, being able to prompt in a Word or PowerPoint, whatever it might be, create um, text and then just said and it isn't going to work. We compare it to autonomous cars. We go from level zero, no AI, all the way through, you know, sitting in the back asleep, but there's no steering wheel, completely autonomous. Autonomous organization is where critical decisions are being made by AI. That's a long way away. We see now you're moving into, you know, levels one and two, where you are being very much assisted by the technology. Now you still need to be able to drive a car and, you know, and, and I've done a driving test, which is why in training people, yeah, making sure they understand the policy, where the full corners of that box is, is very important. Yeah, like, say, so for example, some, some people might think, oh, I can go to level five on my email, basically, where, where Outlook auto-suggests the email replies to me and things like this. Like, 
you're going to get into problems basically, isn't it, right? So I think you have to like have these rules set up for different workflows in different areas. But I think you have to set clear expectations of your employees that like, look, you're going to start engaging with AI and start using it in your work, but you are responsible for the outcome. And you are also responsible for making sure that you increase the quality of the outcome because it's about doing more in less time, basically. So I think there has to be a very frank and clear conversation about expectations because if you don't do this, don't be surprised that like, you're not more productive than you were before when you suddenly have AI and also your employees have much more flexibility, which is fine, but you have to create more profitable, better jobs for people as well, basically. And next thing to consider is um, AI explainability. Oh, I'm sure that's actually a word, but it seems to be used quite a lot. And this is that you know, AI, is, it's, not, it's not a nice to have, it, it's a must have. So you've got to discuss your policy uh, around the organization with baked into the policy and then make sure that it's transparent. People actually understand the policy understand the roadmap, how AI fits into your business and what the plan is in terms of rolling it out. And this again is, um, you know, really important in terms of training. So training is not just about how to use AI. Training is about training your colleagues, your your human resource on how you're going to roll this out over time in the organization. So it's kind of having that transparency and making sure that everything is explainable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just making sure that like, you've got all the clarity in place for everyone. I completely agree with you. Right, let's move, let's move on quickly to some uh, Implement AI updates. So if you enjoy the podcast, and uh, again, we've uh, changed the format slightly. We're doing themes each week, so we're going to deep dive into it. Um, please do rate it on the Apple uh, podcast. If you watch us on YouTube, please do subscribe. And often, and clearly often, please do share this as often as you possibly can. We've got the event in Manchester on the 18th of October. That's still... Uh, there's a few places left still. That's about 120 people there. Looking forward to that. And we've now kind of revamped our website, actually. We've um, put more detail there on our AI training. I think this is becoming more and more important now. We're being asked more and more AI training as entering the workplace. Very hard to stop it from doing that now, especially with things like, you know, Microsoft Copilot about to be launched. And also have a look at our AI Activate. This is the 60-day sprint. This is how we start with policy, frameworks, governance, training, and we start to look at your workflows and how to automate them. Yeah, and I'm in Dublin this Wednesday, uh, for this Friday for a, um, an AI conference as well. So looking forward to you know meeting with Irish business owners to work AI on Friday as well. So let's carry on with the talking about governance and how you implement it. So there's various steps really how you want to think about doing this, and then there's this kind of the focus, the steam really. So we've kind of laid out the, the basics, but you need to understand the practical steps of how to implement our, our artificial intelligence related policy and governance. The first thing really is is to, is to have a policy. It's, it's a document. Uh, we can help you draft that. We have some various precedents for different organizations. We've already got policies. So we've seen some clients have tried to kind of chop up their existing policy and sort of feed in parts to make it more relevant to AI or to update them essentially. Well, in some cases, they've created a separate AI policy, sort of overrides, it sort of sits above all the other policies. Now, either works whatever happens you need to think about even that you know holiday policy we every single policy in your organization this is going to pervade it but you need to go through your policies start with a policy that understand and, and really is designed to deal with ai we've seen some companies for example where they want a list of all the services employees can use now that's fine now if you're using, you know, Microsoft 365, I don't know, we're going to talk about AI of the week, you know, um, uh, sort of a, yeah. an image generation platform. But as AI pervades your organization, that's going to become a very long and unmanageable list. So that's one example of how you might want to sort of fit these things together. So, and the second one I look, isn't it really, is, and this is what we help do, and you can have a chief AI officer or a fractional one, is create some kind of cross-functional forum where there are different skill sets, different understanding of the business, more angles, all facets, 
can get together essentially, and this is all levels of business as well, the money from top to bottom. They can get together and sort of congregate and talk about policy and have a forum to ensure the roadmap stays on track because things are going to change rapidly. Yeah, and because the thing is, the roadmap is driven by the opportunities, the commercial opportunities that you have as your company. And the commercial opportunities you have as a company is like based on where you can use AI to generate some unfair advantage and you know, process things more efficiently or whatever it is. But basically, that's what's going to be driving your policies and frameworks. So you need to be thinking, okay, we're going to unlock AI in our you know customer journey within the next three months. So that's that needs to be taken care of. We're going to unlock AI within our marketing and sales teams in the next four months. We need to have this in place. We're going to unlock AI within our operations and analytics team, basically. Within this so you have to have like that kind of roadmap. And you also need to be like engaging to kind of see like, okay, where are our opportunities in this area? What would our new cost structure look like? How could this drive more revenue, basically? And there are so many opportunities you can look in there. So if you're thinking it's just business as usual, let me just update a new privacy policy and just put AI on top of it. You're not really going to cut the thing, basically. And, 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 and smart employees who want to start using AI will start looking for the organizations that have signaled as saying, actually, we are technology first, we are AI first. And then employees will then navigate and drift towards those companies because who doesn't want to do their best work? Yeah, I say this every week, don't we? You, the mundane's automated or assisted and you can now, and people who may want to come and work for you, they want to focus on more meaningful work. So it's an opportunity to sell your organization yeah, but also to ensure that you retain the best people as well. And then, so you've got your AI policy, you've then got a, a sort of an AI committee, whatever you want to call it, but someone needs to be responsible for it. So you need somebody in your organization that is your chief AI officer, to give them that title clearly, is somebody's responsibility to own this. You need somebody that is, you know, they have an understanding of the organization, some understanding of technology, understanding of AI, they keep up to date, it can be hard to do. Uh, and this is your chief AI officer. Now it might be if you're a small business, it's, it's the, you know, the CEO, it's you, it's the owner manager. It could be someone who's COO, your ops director, it could be your CTO, CIO, it could be anybody, but someone that has broad understanding of the organization of technology. And they're the person then, if they haven't, they can be augmented themselves and supported by your committee. Now, once you've got those things in place, um, if you're, we've seen large organizations that have an AI committee, kind of a sort of top group, and they have working groups. So the working group is much bigger, made of people across different functions, and they're actually working on the roadmap and implementing the policy, but also the technology itself. Now, the smaller organization, you might not want that clearly. They might be sort of compressed into one group of people looking at this. And the next thing really is, we've talked about, you know, chief AI officer is to talk about training. Again, we, training is super important to make sure that people know how to drive this, this AI car, how to use it. And also to, you know, your competitive advantage initially, think about it. If everyone's got this sort of this AI in their business, it's like, it's like spell check is your competitive advantage is how your colleagues use it. How, is it, how do they enable themselves to optimize themselves by using it? That's kind of um, training. That's the important one. Another big one is that we've talked, touched on is security and compliance. So this is kind of the, you know, the other side of the coin to the yeah. data handling. But your the technology now is one of the big, you know, I worked in cloud for years and fear, uncertainty and doubt was always about security. What you're seeing though, as this technology begins to mature and is embedded into these productivity suites is that all that sort of compartmentalization, the permissions, data security that you expected, that you expect in, that, in those productivity suites, now going to be available and will manage your content across this um, platform. The issue is, is making sure that people understand that, the policy, and they don't data to end up in the wrong place or, or leads your organization in the wrong direction. 
Yes, and the other thing you have to have is like you've got to have an enhanced safeguarding against phishing attacks and spear phishing, basically. So basically, with AI, people who are going to try and target your organization are going to use AI to, you know, spoof emails, pretend to be you, even, you know, with calls and videos. And you have to have like policies within there where like, you know, you only authorize new invoices to be created like this, or you only authorize new purchase requests to be done like this because, uh, or, you know, like who can click on what links and different emails stuff. You have to educate your team even about defensive, you know, capabilities because, you know, I've seen situations where based on a salesperson sending an email for about stationery. This happened to the business had a long time ago. Basically, the salesperson was a quite crafty person, had put a joke within the email and then and asked the person, the receptionist, to like reply to it saying, well, I thought that's a joke. But the thing is, it, it turned out that like there was subtext in the email saying this is a binding purchase order. And so that's why some people have in their, in, in their um, you know, in, in, in the footer, you know, we do not um, initiate orders by email, this, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So in the same way for AI, with more and more people being more sophisticated, you've got to have that defensive approach, not just for your data, but for your team as well, about what to expect and how to manage these things. Yeah, there's an arms race coming. It's already started. I did a keynote for one of the top three cybersecurity companies in the world. They were saying to me, I was telling them, you know, talking about AI, and they were saying, look, you know, I, I said, well, all, these, all this malware is going to be designed by AI. And he said, no, it's worse. The malware will be an AI. So that's really, really important because the bad guys understand the power of this technology and, and they can leave it there for quite a long time just waiting and doing its thing until the right time they want to extract that data. So be aware of that. But the last thing really we're going to touch on today really is, is continuous review. So this is not, you don't, it's not binary, you know, you don't implement your policy, put your committee in place, your working group, and that's the end of it. The technology, and we'll talk about the, you know, the AI of the week, but the technology is moving very, very quickly. So there's capability. So there's the impact on your organization. So the, the threats, so the opportunities. So it needs to be a continual process of review. It's not an annual review either. This is probably monthly. The speed this is going at least, worst case, quarterly. And that's where having this policy and this structure in place means that you make sure that you, know, you stay on the right track. I agree. You have to have that cycle in place because you have to make sure that the rate of change within your organization is at least matching or at par with the rate of change in the outside world. Okay, so that, we're going to leave it there. So we've gone through policy all the way from putting it in place, what you need to think about. If you get in touch with us, we can send you one of our uh, policy sort of um, precedents as well. It covers all of this. And we, we have guys, our clients that include everything you need to think about. So we're going to do that every week. We're going to pick something and do a deep dive into it. And that, that was the first one. So let's just uh, we'll kind of keep, keep our podcast short as possible because everyone's busy. AI of the week, uh, we talked about this um, earlier this morning. I think it has to be Dale 3, doesn't it? It is kind of, it's been announced. Dale 3, if you know what that is, it's, it's open AI. Yes. Text to image generation. Now, now you may be familiar with Mid Journey, although it's kind of still locked in Discord, although it's quite a techie Discord. But they're trying to extract that and put it onto a sort of a website. And that's the issue, Alok, isn't it? Is that unless someone like Mid Journey gets this thing out of Discord quite quickly, Dale 3 is now much better than Dale 2. And also, it's going to be fully integrated to ChatGPT, isn't it? This is the point, right? Like, you don't need to go somewhere else for your image generation. And, and the thing that I think Dale 3 like unlocks two quite important things. One, it's fully integrated into ChatGPT. So you're having a conversation, you're generating a text, and now you generate images while you're doing that. So that's so much more easy. That's so much more friction free. And then number two, it's very conversational. If you look at like how the examples they showed, it was very conversational. It wasn't like the kind of mid-journey prompts where it's like super technical spec, you know, specifications for everything, which you could kind of describe that as like 
professional photography, if you want to call it that, where you've got all the settings on the camera and all that kind of stuff. And you've got some people that want to use that. But for the majority of people who take photos on a mobile phone, who basically want to create images, you know, just every day, just really easily, Dali 3 does that because you literally can talk with an assistant and it will uncover you no know, different ones. It shows an example of like some sunflower hedgehog. And he says, oh, where does the sunflower hedgehog live? And it shows a picture of the house with the sunflower hedgehog and stuff like this. So it's very conversational, very easy. So honestly, I think it's game over before it started, right? Like Because the, the vast majority is going to use Dali 3. Big Journey will still have a place and it can be much more specialist in different areas, but it's just converging. Yeah, like in Big Journey, you, you might have to sort of specify the camera and the lens and your your F F's like uh, your F stop to get the right depth of field. Whereas I think in Dali 3, you can just say, I, I want a shallow depth of field and it will just do that for you. So you get your kind of blurry background. And, and the point here, Alec, is it? Sorry, go on. Yeah, and you have the commercial rights to use all those images straight away. That is true. And the point here is, is that in business, if you think about it, we use images a lot. And often you have to pay for them or buy them or even worst case scenario is go and get them what? to use for photography in a studio. And now this sort of natural language prompting, it makes it a lot easier to get this vision out of your head into the, the technology and then and get the image you want out of the other end. Honestly, like briefing and creating draft documents for like new product services, iterations, you know, you never brief with chat GPT, you have the initial images in the diary, and then you go, okay, let's go into clip drop and let's remove these things, let's change these things, let's do that. And then let's, you know, I mean, the speed and, and the pace of this is going to be so much quicker. You don't need to buy, you know, stock photography or this or that. Like, it's just a much better experience. Well, we're going to leave it there this week. Um, so again, if you enjoyed the, the podcast, please do follow us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel there, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, haven't read our white papers yet. There's one on the AI-assisted organization, one on the chief um, AI officer. We're about to just publish one on AI agents, which is actually fundamental to what we do. Please go download them and read our white papers. And that's it for this week. Uh, we're going to deep dive again into another subject next week, and we'll see you then. So this is the AI-assisted organization podcast. Anything else to add at all? Have a great week, Piers. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.